You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, welcome on into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We're so glad you're joining us today. Um, if you are listening to us, you have stumbled upon the Bonfire Podcast, and we are glad that you are here. We hope that you'll take some time and, and listen with us. Uh, you're listening to what we believe is the best Bible study podcast that you can find, and we're, again, uh, glad that you're here. For first-time listeners, again, uh, please take some time to listen to us and go back and listen to a couple of our other episodes um, and to get a feel for us. And if you like us, please subscribe and uh, tell others about us. And then for those of you who have been with us for quite some time, we thank you for your participation participation and your continued support. And we'd ask for you, too, to share with others around you uh, the Bonefire Podcast. Hopefully this is uh, a blessing. Uh, This ministry is a blessing to your heart and will be to other people as we go forward. And so uh, many people want to know how you can interact with us. And so we've got multiple ways that you can do that. In terms of downloading our podcast, you can get that from pretty much all the major podcast outlets. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on and on and on. And so uh, if you type in Bonefire, two words, podcast, you'll find this there. And you can have that uh, downloaded directly to your mobile device. So you can take that with you uh, anywhere you go. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Bonefire Ministries Facebook page is up and running. Our videos are there, and sometimes we have some additional content like study questions or uh, just some graphics that we put up um, associated with each podcast. Uh, so I encourage you to go there and, and find that information. And then, of course, uh, we, we did start a new uh, social media uh, stance uh, with Parler. And so Parler, new social media st- uh, site focusing on free speech. And so uh, we are, we're getting ourselves established there, and there'll be more coming out to that site uh, in the future. And then for the rest of you who don't like any of the social media stuff, uh, you can always feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com. And so haven't done that uh, service plug in quite some time, so I wanted to come back and uh, to do uh, that. You know, Dad, another thing I was thinking about is uh, we now are, I think, at 25, 26 episodes, um, and we haven't really kind of done uh, an update on who we are and and why we're here. And so I just wanted to take just a minute uh, to uh, introduce ourselves to maybe new audience members, um, who we are. So my name is Matt Parker. Uh, my dad is sitting across the table from me. Uh, he's uh, Reverend Reggie Parker, and he's a pastor. Uh, I am not a pastor. I am a, a pharmacist uh, by training. Uh, but I am a follower of God and like to to study. And so we come together weekly and we uh, study God's word together and then record that uh, so that you can study with us um, and, and come alongside us. Our name is Bonefire, and, and many people want to know where that name comes from. And that comes from Jeremiah uh, chapter 20, verse 9, where Jeremiah was going through a tough spot in his life. He was a prophet in a very wicked time. And uh, he just felt like he, he was going to give in the towel, uh, throw in the towel, and that it was time for him to quit. Um, but the moment he started thinking that, um, he said that he couldn't quit because it was like a fire in his bones that he had to talk. He had to, to share the good news um, of God. And so that's really how we feel. And so that's where we, we tag this as uh, Bonefire Ministries uh, and, and using that as kind of our, our anchor verse there, of Jeremiah 20, verse 9. So again, haven't done that in a while, so wanted to come back. And just introduce ourselves to everyone, so mm-hmm. uh, you know a little bit about us. And so, um, again, thanks for for coming today. We're glad that you're here. Uh, this is our second week of the Coming King, the Lamb of Bethlehem podcast series. So this is our our Christmas kind of Advent uh, uh, series. Last week we focused in on. Um, 
on the prophets and uh, talked about the prophecy surrounding the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And then today we're going to go into another aspect, another uh, member of the cast of, of Christmas, if you will. And I'm going to save that uh, for just a moment more. So uh, sit back and relax. If you got your Bible with you, we're going to be jumping between the two Gospels, uh, recounts of, um, of the birth of Christ. So we'll be in Luke and Matthew. And so grab that Bible and just uh, jump, jump along with us as we go uh, into the podcast today. Dad, you ready to get started? Sure, I sure I am. All right, perfect. So uh, let, let's jump in, and, and we're going to start uh, start a conversation um, by just saying that, you know, pretty much every one of you have at least one of these in your nativity set. I think most of us probably have at least one nativity set at our, at our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have multiple nativity sets, and yep. uh, there's usually one of these uh, in every nativity set. There's also usually at least one of these on every Christmas tree. That's right. Um, We've got one on our Christmas tree. That, that's exactly right. We even sing songs about this character. Uh, you know the songs, angels from the realms of glory, hark the herald angels sing, and angels we have heard on high. Um, so yes, to this week we're going to be talking about the angels uh, and their role that they had in the Christmas story. And, you know, angels are very important uh, part of the story. But many times I feel like these heavenly beings uh, get a back seat to the wise men, the shepherds, the star, and sometimes even the animals. That's uh, right. But without the angels, the Christmas story would not be the same. And so we're going to take some time to really dive in this week and to look at the angels and the role that they played in the Christmas story. You know, you mentioned some songs a while ago, Matt, that uh, were songs about angels and their relationship to the Christmas story. Hey, there's another popular song about angels. It was very popular in the early 1990s. It was entitled Angels Among Us, recorded by the country Music Man Alabama. Now, the song was released in December 1993 as a Christmas single and features backing vocals from the Sanctuary Choir and the Young Musicians Choir of the First Baptist Church of Fort Payne, Alabama. Now, Alabama lead singer Randy Owen has said that the band received hundreds of letters from all over the world saying that the song was a blessing. He even performed the song at the funeral of NASCAR driver Dale Earnhardt Sr. in 2001, with whom he shared a personal friendship. Now, the first verse goes like this. I was walking home from school on a cold winter day, took a shortcut through the woods, and I lost my way. It was getting late, and I was scared and alone. But then a kind old man took my hand and led me home. Mama couldn't see him. Oh, but he was standing there, and I knew in my heart. He was the answer to my prayers. Oh, I believe there are angels among us, sent down to us from somewhere up above. They come to you and me in our darkest hours to show us how to live, to teach us how to give, to guide us with the light of love. Oh, I'll tell you what, I believe in angels. And, you know, if you say you believe the Bible, you have to believe in the existence of angels. Angelic beings are mentioned at least 273 times in the Bible in 34 books of the Bible. Now, here's a question. What do you think of when you think of angels? Well, it could be that you think of chubby little cherubs with curly hair and stubby wings. Often people think of friends or loved ones, especially children who have died. At a child's funeral, you sometimes hear someone say, God called one of his angels home. It is interesting that these sorts of angelic figures exist in our culture, but they are not the angels of Scripture. 
angels are entirely different, an entirely different order of beings than humans. Human beings do not become angels after they die, and angels will never become and never were human beings. God created angels just as he created humanity. Angels are spiritual beings. Over in Hebrews 1.14, the author of Hebrews says of angels, Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? As spiritual beings, they do not have a body, but they can, to a certain degree, take on a physical form. as the three angels that appeared to Abraham before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But even though angels do not have physical bodies, they are still personalities. As personal spiritual beings, angels have intelligence, emotion, and will. This is true of good and evil angels, demons. But even though they have wills, they're subject to the will of God. The Bible reveals some of the activities of angels. They worship and they praise God. They appear before God. They serve God. They're instruments of God's judgments. They aid in winning people to Christ. They encourage in times of danger. They care for the righteous at the time of death. They're messengers of God. I would like to emphasize three things in specific that angels do. First of all, angels are executors of divine judgment. Now, we see this over in Isaiah 37, 36, which says, Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians, And when men arose early in the morning, behold, all of these were dead. Angels also brought judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, angels are described as pouring out bowls of wrath upon the ungodly during the tribulation period. The Apostle John says in Revelation 15, 1, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels, having the seven last plagues for In them, the wrath of God is complete. Angels have the power to execute the judgment of God. (coughs) Angels also help us in times of trouble. In the Bible, we read that when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, that an angel shut the lion's mouths. In the Bible, angels are also shown to open prison doors, as in the case of Peter when he was put in prison for the sake of the gospel, told about in Acts chapter 12. Even though angels execute divine judgment, they're also the manifestations of a very present help in time of need. They're sent to protect the children of God. The Bible teaches that we have guardian angels. Over in Matthew 18.10, Jesus said, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father, who is in heaven. Now, in this context, these little ones could either apply to those who believe in him, or it could refer to the little children mentioned in verses 3 through 5, the verses preceding verse 6. In either case, there is no doubt that good angels help protect us. Angels are executors of divine judgment, our help in times of trouble, and third, Angels are messengers of God. You know, Matt, the, the Greek word for angel actually means messenger. That's exactly right, Dad. That was a great review of of the things that angels are and uh, and what they do and the roles that they play and and so we see these same roles occurring in the Christmas story and and that's what we want to do today is is to look at the roles of these angels and what they played 
uh, inside the Christmas story. And, you know, one of the things you said, Dad, is angels uh, act as executors of divine judgment. And Mm -hmm. that's the first thing I wanted us to talk about. And I want us to look at um, the story that happens in in Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to add some Christmas characters that many times we don't think about. Uh, There was a couple other key players uh, in the Christmas story, or at least what I think should be key players in the Christmas story. Right. And that was a man by the name of Zacharias. Uh, He was a priest, Mm -hmm. and his wife uh, was named Elizabeth. And the Bible tells us that both were righteous before God uh, and that they walked in all the commandments and um, were blameless before the Lord. And Mm -hmm. the Bible also tells us, though, that they had no children and that they were advanced and aged. Um, Right. So that was a polite way of saying they were old, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so... Um, as the story goes, um, Zacharias was a, was a priest, and so it had came around his turn uh, to go into the temple and to burn incense. And so uh, he had gone into the temple to burn his incense, and that's really where we're going to pick up right now. And this is uh, Luke chapter 1, and this is verse 11, and, and let's read this together. It says, And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and he fear and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son to you, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth." For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him, um, that's him in a capital H, in spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take Mm. place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Mm -hmm. And so, Dad, we see there in this story, uh, Zacharias uh, has an encounter with an angel, one of the Christmas angels. Because, again, I I like to put this story with the Christmas story. And the reason why is I feel it's so important because it's another one of those prophecies that was fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about it last week, but the prophecy was that there would be a forerunner that would come before Christ. And this angel is is telling Zacharias, hey, John, your new son is going to be that forerunner. And so I feel like it's a a perfect place to put them in in the Christmas story. I'd love to see a nativity set that has uh, Zacharias, Elizabeth, and a little baby over on the side. Oh, yeah. Because I think that'd be a good addition uh, to to that. But we see here that Zachariah, he he, uh, had little faith. Mm -hmm. And because of his little faith, that angel executed divine judgment on him and actually caused him to be mute uh, where he couldn't speak. 
Now, the story goes on to say that he came out of the temple, and of course, uh-huh. at that time, there were people praying, and they all were just uh, wondering why he had been in there so long. Mm-hmm. And when he came out and couldn't speak, obviously, they, they said, well, he had seen a vision and, and had, had something happened in the temple. But he remained mute until, just as the angel said, uh, until John was born. And when John uh-huh. was born, uh, his, his mom, Elizabeth, said, we're going to call him John. But everyone around started saying, why are you going to call him John? No mm. no one in the family is named John. You know, at that yeah. time, everyone got a family name. Right. And so they, they looked over to his, his dad, Zacharias, and said, hey, what are you going to name the kid? And he motioned for uh, something that he could make a, a, you know, a note on, uh-huh. if you will. And he wrote his name as John. And at that point, uh, the uh, muteness was lifted from Zechariah, and he was able to praise the Lord. Yeah. And so uh, just a wonderful story of how we see the forerunner of Jesus Christ coming into the earth. But in, in our conversation today, we're focused in on angels. And so mm-hmm. we see the angel Gabriel, which... You know, Dad, as I was studying about angels, we see angels, as you said, all through the Bible, but we don't mm-hmm. know many of their names. There's mm-hmm. only, I think, three angels that are actually given names in the Bible, mm-hmm. and Gabriel is one of those that we get a name for. Right. And so Gabriel was uh, filling that role of an angel who executes divine judgment um, as he touched uh, Zechariah uh, for his uh, lack of faith there. You know, the other thing that you mentioned, Dad, is that angels are, are messengers of God. And mm-hmm. obviously the Christmas story is is full of examples of, of angels being messengers. In fact, that's where we, we really feel, and, and most people say that that's the, the main role that, mess, uh, that the angels played in the Christmas story. That's right. And so as we were talking about it and discussing it and what we're going to talk about, we really saw that there was three messages of the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. There was a message of grace that the angels provided, mm-hmm. a message of encouragement, and a message of salvation. And, and so I want us to look at these three messages uh, that were, again, brought by angels uh, mm-hmm. in the Christmas story. And the first one is the message of grace. And so that's going to be Luke uh, Luke chapter 1, and this is 26 through 38. And this is very familiar scripture here, but let's read it together. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, so this is Gabriel again. We right. see him return to the scene. Mm-hmm. is sent by God to the city of Galilee, uh, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to be married to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, rejoice highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled by his saying and considered the manner of his greetings And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall be called Jesus. Mm -hmm. He shall be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him his throne and the throne of David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mm-hmm. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now her sixth month. And 
um, she who was called barren, for with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So this is a, the first Christmas message that we see here, the uh, Gabriel, the angel coming to speak to Mary. And we said that this is a message of grace. Right. That's right. You know, um, I think back about the angel telling her not to be afraid, and I think we can apply that to us too. Don't be afraid when God calls you out of the ordinariness of life. Don't be afraid for God to choose to use you to do something great to impact the world. Don't be afraid because where God calls, God provides, God provides grace, like you said. That's what Gabriel told Mary. You have found favor with God. You have found favor. You have found grace. Now, uh, there's uh, four kinds of grace, saving grace, sustaining grace, uh, healing grace, serving grace. Mary became an instrument of grace. Mary couldn't be an instrument of grace to others until she experienced God's grace herself. The angel's announcement was one of grace, and grace transforms fear into hope. That's exactly right. And so the first message, again, a message of grace. And then the second message that we see of the the Christmas story is a message of encouragement. Now, we have to think about this um, the sequence of events here. So Gabriel comes and and speaks to uh, Zachariah, and uh, and Elizabeth becomes with child, and then Gabriel shows up and he he gives a message of grace uh, to Mary that she is going to be with child. Uh, but we have to think about the circumstances here. Um, Mary at the time was kind of, to use our terms, more like engaged mm-hmm. um, or scheduled to be married right. uh, to Joseph. And so um, as the, the custom of the time, uh, they had not known each other or, um, and have not consummated the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, this was going to be something that was going to cause a big stir in, in the community, right? So, right. you know, for a woman to turn up pregnant um, when she is, um, uh, again, betrothed but to be married, um, it is going to be a big controversy. Right. And so, you know, Joseph was put between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously he was sitting there thinking to himself, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. You know, I thought I knew this this girl. Um, I thought we were going to be together forever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and here this happens. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, but Joseph was a good man, and yeah. he had began to put thoughts together to say, "Okay, I need to, I need to be able to just you know break this off, but do it quietly so nobody knows, mm-hmm. um, just so that it, it will keep the peace." Right. And right as he was thinking that, um, Joseph gets a visit from an angel as well. Yeah. And so we see another message coming from an angel, and this is again a message of encouragement. So if you've got your Bible, look over, uh, flip over to Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses uh, 20 uh, and, tw- and 21 here. It says, but while he thought about these things, those things being that he was going to quietly, if you will, divorce. But it says here that, behold, an angel appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For which she has conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so we see here angels uh, giving encouragement, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You got to think about the situation that Joseph was in. I can't imagine, you know, kind of what he was going through and the the thoughts that he had going through his head. 
And then we see right at a pivotal time that God knew exactly what to do, and he sent an angel uh, to bring encouragement uh, to Joseph. And we know that from the story that Joseph took that, and he, he followed through. That's right. I imagine that as Joseph pondered the situation, hey, here I am engaged to a woman that's pregnant, and I know she's not pregnant by me. And, you know, he just assumed the worst, that as he just pondered that situation, that things just appeared hopeless. But the angel's announcement was a reminder that there was no reason for hopelessness. The angel reminded Joseph that what was happening was simply a fulfillment of God's word as found in the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. It was the angel's way of saying, you're right where God wants you to be, Joseph. You may not like it, but this is a God thing. The angel shared a message of encouragement. I'm reminded that there is no such thing as a hopeless situation. There are only hopeless people. And God can redeem any situation that life throws at us. And life can be pretty mean and unfair. Well, you know, guess what? Life is not fair. Because of sin, there are some things in life that are unjust. That doesn't mean that we don't work to correct the injustice of life, but some things are beyond our control. And when life seems to be out of control, we need encouragement. We need to hear that we're not alone, that we're not forgotten, that God cares. And that's exactly right. And so we see, again, an angel offering encouragement. And um, the third message that we saw uh, in the Christmas story is a message of salvation. And we can find that over in Luke. And so if you'll flip over to Luke chapter 2, verses um, 8 through uh, 12, you'll find, again, some very familiar scripture here. And this is when the angels came to the shepherds. Now, we're, we're going to talk about the shepherds next week. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to save a lot of that conversation until then. But I do want to look at the message uh, that the, the angels had uh, for these shepherds. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born this day in the city of David a Savior, right? right? A Savior who Mm -hmm. is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. And so we see the angels brought a message of salvation. They said that, hey, uh, a Savior had been born. Um, you know, this time uh, in history, all of uh, the the Israelites had been waiting and longing for a Messiah to come and to, to bring about uh, change and to bring about peace and hope to their world. Mm-hmm. And uh, right here we have the angels bringing the message that uh, their long-awaited Messiah and Savior had been born. You know, you're talking about uh, salvation, Matt. The The Jewish people, they were looking for a Savior, someone to save them from Roman oppression. You know, uh, sometimes uh, people I know in the country, they have potted plants that they hang up, and they call them a wandering Jew. The Jews wandered from here to yonder. They, you know, were oftentimes overrun by people after they sinned. God would punish them. They were carried off into captivity. After they came home, it seemed like that uh, still things didn't get right because 
there were the Romans, and before that, the Greeks that oppressed them. They were an oppressed people, and they were looking to have that bondage of oppression uh, broken, to be saved from being under the thumb of uh, cruel dictators. But you see, Jesus, before he comes back to save us from the the cruel dictator, the Antichrist, this coming one day, and this one world government, before he comes back to save the Jewish people uh, at the end times, the main thing he came to do when he came the first time was to save us from our sins. As a result of our sins, our sins separated us from God. There was no way we could get to God and have a relationship with God because of the barrier of sin. And so Jesus came to remove that barrier. And the way he did that was after he was born and he eventually became a man, his mission, his goal was to die to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could be forgiven that barrier of sin could be moved and taken away so that we would no longer be at enmity and hostility and rebellion against God. And so I'm glad that Jesus came the first time to make it possible for us to be saved from our sins. You know, that word saved, uh, Matt, is one of my favorite words in the Bible because it has two connotations. Number one, it makes me think about uh, being saved from something bad. A boy's out there splashing in the water and and he feels like he's about to drown. And he says to the, he cries out to his friend fishing on the bank, help, save me. He wants his friend to dive in, to go out there and grab hold of him and pull him safely to shore, to keep something from bad happening to him, drowning, death. Well, Jesus came to save us from eternal death, separation from God. But that word saved also has a different uh, a different connotation. When my wife goes to the grocery store and and uh, buys milk, you know, to put on my cereal, she doesn't put it in the cabinet because it will spoil. She puts it in the refrigerator to save it for a good per- a purpose, to make my cereal better. I don't want old dry cereal. And so God has saved us from the bad, eternal the eternal consequences of our sin, but Jesus came to save us for the good, to take us to heaven, to be with him. I'm glad he came to be our Savior. That's exactly right. I mean, what a wonderful message, a message of salvation that the angels brought um, uh, to uh, the shepherds. And again, we're going to talk about those shepherds and, and the significance of that when we get together next week for our next episode. Well, Dad, looking at the the last kind of role that the angels played um, in the Christmas story is the angels were were helper, helpers in troubled times or times of trouble. And that's that's one of the, the things that you mentioned about them as well. And we see that again here in the Christmas story. And we can find that uh, if you flip back over to Matthew chapter 2, uh, verse 13. And um, this is uh, just after the, the wise men uh, that had came from the east came to visit uh, the young child. It says, Now then when they had departed again, the wise men, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. In a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And so, obviously, um, the story is that Herod, uh, the king of the time, he he heard that there was uh, supposedly a new king that was being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the wise men came and, and talked to him and said, Where is the king? And he, he was very kind of sneaky, and he says, 
well, I don't exactly know, but when you find him, why don't you come back and tell me so I can go worship him as right. well? Mm-hmm. Uh, when in reality, Herod had no intention of worshiping him. He wanted to make sure that there was no threat to his throne. No rival. And he wanted to see it taken out. And so mm-hmm. um, thankfully, the, the wise men, they came and they visited. And uh, just a, a verse before that, it says uh, that they were divinely warned in a dream. So it doesn't say there, but you you can almost imagine that maybe it was an angel that warned them as well, right. that they needed to to go directly home and not go back to Herod. Uh, but we see an angel appeared to Joseph and provided um, some help in a time of trouble. And so this is a, a good example uh, and, and proof here that there are guardian angels. You know, mm-hmm. I see there was a, a guardian angel at work right here uh, protecting the king of kings and his family to say, hey, you need to get out of here. You need to go over to Egypt because um, the the king, the current earthly king, right. is going to try and, and, and kill the young child who is ultimately the king of kings. And so that's the the role that we see uh, angels playing is the in uh, the Christmas story, the role of a helper in times of trouble. You know, uh, an angel also appeared to Joseph in a dream again after he and Mary and baby Jesus were in Egypt. After Herod died, the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, now it's it's, it's time to take uh, your family uh, back to Israel again, to the land of Israel. For the one that sought the young child's life is dead. And then Joseph, he listened to the angel and he took the young child and his mother and came to the land of of Israel. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm grateful for guardian angels. I, I think that there's been times in my life that the Lord has used them uh, to keep me from trouble, such as a car wreck or something like that. There's uh, can't you think of something like that in your life, those of you out in the podcast audience, whereby, you know, it would just seem that you would be dead if it weren't for something that happened that intervened uh, to to keep you and to help you. And so thank God for angels, the ministry of angels. Uh, they minister to the saints. They minister to us. And oftentimes I just wonder when uh, we're going about our business if perhaps uh, we are not sometimes entertaining angels unaware. That's that's exactly right. And that's actually how I was going to end it, Dad. Uh, this episode is, is to say, you know, this year as you go to place the angel in the nativity or to place the angel on the tree or maybe to sing one of those songs about uh, angels, remember the important role that they played. And remember that angels are surely at work even at this moment. Perhaps they're even at work in your life uh, right now. And this holiday season, don't forget the guidance given by the writer of Hebrews, where in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, uh, he tells us that we should enter- be sure to entertain strangers, because when we do so, we may be uh, entertaining angels without notice. And so right. uh, just remember that this holiday season, there are angels among us, and that we need to be on the lookout for them because they're working uh, even today. Dad, That's will you pray exactly us out of here? Right. Yeah. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to have this uh, time to share about the marvelous work of angels. Lord, ministering spirits, and Lord, you use them to minister to us, the saints of God. I thank you, Lord, for, I believe, uh, numerous times in my life where angels have helped to preserve me and kept me and helped me during times of trouble. And Lord, uh, uh, come along and encourage me. 
our Heavenly Father, perhaps using someone else to do the talking, but yet inspired them to come and speak to me that were uh, behind those people that came and encouraged me. Thank you, Lord, for the work of angels. Thank you for the role the angels played in the Christmas story. And Lord, may every time we see an angel this Christmas season, uh, whether it be on a tree or or uh, somewhere else, may we think about that important role that angels played uh, to bring about the birth of Jesus. And it's in Christ's name we pray. We love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.